This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome to Dollars and Cents. I'm Elaine Scollin, along with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates. They're experts in helping you get out of debt. So dealing with a debt problem goes far beyond just the financials. Blair Manton wants you to know Sands & Associates is the best firm that you can choose at this point. They are BC's largest licensed insolvency trustee firm in the province focused on debt help services for consumers, help thousands, obviously thousands of people get a, get out of from underneath their debt and really ultimately change their lives with that financial fresh, fresh start. So Blair's got some key messages of reassurance that he and his team want you to know. So do you want to start by telling us a little bit about Sands & Associates for anybody that doesn't know, a little bit about your history even? Yeah, certainly. So it used to be called bankruptcy trustees, but Sands & Associates is a firm of licensed insolvency trustees, and we're the people you should call when you need a plan to deal with your debts. So if you find yourself being stressed about your finances, not sure where to turn, don't know how you're going to be making these payments, or you're making all your payments, but you know you'll be in debt for decades to come, uh, a trustee is the best person you can reach out to to get a plan to get you back to owing nobody anything, to be able to have some financial goals in your future, uh, and to really achieve what you want to achieve on a financial basis rather than spending all of your money you know, on interest charges or things that just reoccur every month and don't get you anywhere. Uh, we were founded in 1990 um, in Sands and Associates. I'm proud to say we've grown to become BC's largest firm of licensed and Solvency trustees, and all we do is help people and small businesses deal with tough debt situations. So we're not a firm that does a hundred different things to a hundred different clients. We're very, very competent, very experienced, um, and very. Uh, and we have a great reputation um, in helping people when they find themselves in tough situations. I also like the fact that that uh, Sands and Associates believes that money problems can happen to anyone at any time. It's it's really quite astounding to me over the years that we've been talking about this, Blair, that it's for sometimes for folks, it's just one thing that will trigger a whole host of other things. And before you know it, you're in this pit of debt and you can't figure out how to deal with it. And I like the fact that you know that going in. Absolutely, Elaine. You know, we're, we're committed to an approach of genuine care and empathy. So with each of our staff, our, our goal is to treat every client that, that reaches out to us as if they were a close family member going through a very tough time. What sort of empathy and support would that person want to feel? And that's what we aim to provide as much as we can uh, when we're dealing with our clients. And what we really want people to know is that they do have support. There's qualified solutions. Uh, they need to know where to find them. Uh, but there's absolutely light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, there's there's no debt problem that doesn't have a solution. That's what really gives me so much energy every morning is knowing I'm going to face a bunch of problems on clients in, in different client situations, but I've got the solution to solve those problems because Canadian law is so great. It's very well written. I don't calculate the government a lot, but they did a great job uh, when they wrote their insolvency laws because it really does give somebody a chance to literally turn their life around uh, in a quicker and often less expensive means than, than they thought possible. 
Um, you know, oftentimes what we do as insolvency trustees, you know, part of it is the numbers and it's understanding, well, you know, what can you afford to pay back and here's how the bankruptcy should be administered. Um, but what's really, um, you know, even more interesting and definitely more gratifying on a day-to-day basis is understanding what does it feel like to be in debt. So what's the current situation the clients are facing uh, when they pick up the phone or walk in the door? And it's oftentimes people are at one of the lowest points in their lives. And to be able to help them to suddenly start again, to rebuild that self-worth, to get back on track, you know, that could be just such a rewarding thing for myself and for my team here. And in terms of how it feels to be in debt, you know, no surprise to anybody, it doesn't feel good. And when we survey our clients every year, we do a very detailed um, survey over a period of a couple months and release it to the media every year in January. Um, each year, it's very consistent. Over three in five people said the reason they knew they had a debt problem was because overwhelming stress had manifested itself and they just couldn't ignore it anymore. Uh, for two thirds of people, self-esteem was suffering because of being in debt uh, in a similar proportion. Their health was suffering. So, um, you know, stress isn't good for anybody at any time. And definitely we're understanding more and more how physically stress can manifest itself to the point of, you know, even even causing death in, in certain people. So uh, definitely dealing with the financial stress can often have really significantly positive physical impacts. Um, and, you know, finally, as much as one in six people that reached out to us had said they had contemplated thoughts of suicide to deal with their financial situation. Again, for some for a situation where we know there's a solution, we know people just need to reach out to know that as much as many as one in six people just don't realize that uh, and really have some dark days and dark thoughts. It uh, just tells us we need to continue to do as much as we can to get the word out that empathetic and supportive debt solutions do exist. I'd I'd like to keep talking about that part, Blair, because I think it's really important and is really significant for Sands & Associates in terms of how you and all of the staff in the offices uh, do your business and talk to people and support them and and help them through this, the um, whatever situation. And I think the number one one that I've heard you say so many times is your your financial problems do not define you. And I think that is so embedded in people that it, that they believe it does. Um, and I think it comes from, you know, our parents and our parents' parents, et cetera, et cetera, you know, that have just sort of instilled that. But, but it's not true, especially in today's um, landscape where, boy, oh, boy, things can change so quickly for folks. Yeah, it's, it's often, you know, it's a sign of a very moral person to want to honor all of your obligations and your commitments. And when you think about it, you borrowed the money, you made a commitment that you were going to pay it back. And it's not comfortable to be in a situation where you can't meet a commitment that you've made. And oftentimes, the more moral and upstanding the person, you know, the harder that they can really take that and it can really cause, you know, a significant hit to their self-esteem and a sense of self-worth. Um, so, so much of our meetings, especially at first, is just helping people really separate that, really understand that, you know, being in debt is a temporary situation. It's not a permanent state. You are not defined by being in debt now. Um, you know, if you're in debt five years from now, well, that, that's a bit of a challenge. You didn't take the steps, and that's going to start to define you, but don't let that happen, you know. Um, it's not a reflection of you of your character, or you or your character, and quite often, being in debt is often not your fault. So one of my colleagues, uh, her name is Darlene, one of her uh, pieces of advice that she put on her bio, which I thought was great, is she says, financial difficulties are not a reflection of who you are as a person. They're only a symptom of something bigger that you may have no control over. And this really played out in our survey as well. As many as four out of five individuals, when we really drilled down, was, what's, the, what's the issue that caused you to have to file a bankruptcy or a proposal? Four of the five top main causes were illness, injury, or health-related problems. 
not within your control, overextension of credit due to cost of living outpacing income, generally not within your control. You're not con- con- controlling the inflation these days that's happening. Marital or relationship breakdown, oftentimes that can come without warning, and then job-related or job loss. So the vast majority of situations, when I sit down and I, and I, I hear an individual's uh, story of what they've been through and what they've done, sometimes I can't find anything that they could have done different that would lead to a different outcome. And what they need to do is just start to forgive themselves a little bit for some of, you know, okay, maybe they could have tweaked a little thing here or there, but it wouldn't have resulted in a sea change to their situation. Uh, they need to be focused on what they can do now rather than judging themselves for, for their conduct in the past. Yeah, I think really good points, Blair. Um, if, if we're already describing you or someone you know and you think uh, they could use a hand, uh, get them to give Sands & Associates a call. The, the phone number is 1-800-661-3030. Or if you want to check out their website, please do that. It's sands-trustee.com. Now, I wanted to move on a little bit, Blair, and talk about some of the things that Sands & Associates and, and your estate managers want people to know when it comes to asking for help. Yeah, absolutely. I think really top on that list is you do deserve to live with dignity. So just because you're in debt doesn't mean that you have to submit yourself to harassment, to being berated, uh, to feeling like a failure. Uh, Being in debt can cause a lot of shame, a lot of self-blame. Uh, but everyone is deserving of a financial fresh start. And regardless of, of any of your debt situation, you absolutely do deserve to be treated with and to live with dignity and respect. So we try to emphasize that right from the start, uh, that as humans, we've got certain things that, you know, just a base level of dignity and respect is just endemic to us. Um, and we want people to understand as well, you know, life goes on and you can and will move beyond this current challenge. So it can be really, really tough in the moment in the eye of the storm to think out, you know, two, five or 10 years and know that eventually all this shall pass. Um, but absolutely, as I've often said, you know, debt always has a solution. It's not something that's going to persist for your entire life. So you will be able to move forward. Excellent. What are a couple of other ones? I know you've got I've got a few more listed that we want to talk about. Yeah, I think just one uh, last quote that I would say here, it's from my colleague Raj, um, on, on his bio, again, one of his key pieces of advice that he gives is we can't control what happened in the past, but we can help you understand where you're at today so you can move forward to your goals and your debt-free future. So the more that we can get away from really dwelling on all that's happened in the past, all that we could have controlled or not, um, really focus on the future, focus on that plan, get behind it and get enthused about it, um, that's where we're going to have the real transformation, the real change, the turnaround in people's lives. Are are people or most people surprised to learn um, the kinds of things that come with figuring out debt and debt management? Every day. Um, Elena, sometimes it's I enjoy my job because I feel like I'm giving good news a lot of times that people didn't anticipate. So, you know, a lot of times people feel like they're the only person facing their situation. No one's ever been through it before. And people are quite surprised to learn, um, you know, in 2019, there were almost 140,000 people in Canada across the country um, who worked with a a licensed insolvency trustee to file either a personal bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. So somewhere between 100 and 150,000 people year in, year out in Canada do restructure their debts. And so you're definitely not alone. Um, 
quite often people are really surprised to learn um, that credits and debts borrowing, credit ratings, how everything interacts is not how they, how they typically thought. Uh, and there's a lot of education in our counseling sessions about how credit ratings actually work, about how often keeping a perfect credit rating can be at the expense of your overall financial health. So I really enjoy that part of it, of helping people understand, you know, yeah, credit rating is a report card. You don't need to have A pluses at every stage in your life. And sometimes um, the right decision is to take a short-term hit to your credit report, restructure all the debt, and then be in a better position to save money in the future and rebuild the credit over time. So oftentimes people are very surprised to see, okay, we can have a strategy with our credit rating. It doesn't need to just be perfect at every stage. Excellent. And how straightforward are debt solutions these days? And how, you know, how do the processes that people can choose from actually work? I know you've got some good, good statistics on that. Yeah, well, for most people, they're very surprised to know how how actually straightforward and easy it is to file either a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal. It's still something you don't go into lightly, but for 80% of people, they said if they knew how straightforward it was, they would have acted more quickly. So if you think it's a very difficult, convoluted process, it isn't. Um, and I think for another thing that people are sometimes surprised is when you're dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee, the, an LIT is not paid by commission, not paid by your creditors at all. So they really don't have a vested interest in you pursuing one option or another. An LIT is just an impartial, um, an officer of the court, essentially, to help you understand what your options are and help you choose the right option to move forward. I'm going to give you the phone number again. It's 1-800-661-3030 to uh, get that first appointment. Sands-trustee.com is the website. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands and Associates, helping you get out of debt. Talking about credit, do's and don'ts and tips from Blair. So whether your goal is to establish a good credit history, pay off debt, or in some cases boost your credit score, there's a lot of aspects of credit history and ratings that folks just don't understand. Uh, and sometimes the things we think are right aren't the right outcome for us at the end. And that's why we've got Blair to talk about the credit mistakes not to make. That's where we're gonna start. But first, Blair, can you start by giving some background information about credit scores, just in case somebody doesn't quite know what that means? Oh, certainly, Elaine. And I would say there's not a client that walks through the doors of Sands and Associates who doesn't eventually ask some very detailed questions, very good questions about their credit scores, their credit ratings. And it's something that a lot of folks are surprised to learn the facts um, and how much these ratings and scores can change in short periods of time. So just starting at the basics, there's two main credit bureaus in Canada. There's one called Equifax and another called TransUnion. And you've probably heard these names before because they often give press releases with, you know, new stats about delinquencies on debt. Um, and also they've been subject to data breaches. So you may have heard of that in the past where some personal information has been compromised. But these are private companies. Um, they store and share information they've collected from your Canadian creditors about how you use your credit. So each of them has a detailed record on just about every Canadian in Canada who has accessed the credit system at some time. So when you apply for or borrow funds for the first time, your credit report is created. So it's a summary of your credit history. So everything you've done within the credit world, it starts with your first transaction. And in addition to 
personal information like your date of birth, your address, employment history, and so on. Uh, your credit report might have information such as the credit you use and facts about the account, such as pal- balances and payment habits. So what's your high balance this month? Did you pay on time? What's the history there? It's also going to reflect are there inquiries from lenders or others who've requested your credit report. So it can be an indication if someone's going all over town applying for credit six or seven times, all of those are going to show on the credit report and that can give a lender some caution before they advance funds. Uh, and there can also be some remarks in there. You can put a consumer statement yourself. Um, you know, if you've been through a bankruptcy or a proposal and want to put a statement saying here were the circumstances, um, you know, it was a car accident or something you know outside of my control and I want everyone to know about that, um, you have the right to put that in your credit report. And then also some fraud alerts if you've been a victim of an identity theft or something along those lines. So quite a bit of information goes into your credit report. And what a lot of people are really focused on is the credit score. And this is a numerical, a three-digit number. It ranges from 300 to 900, with 300 being, uh, you know, on the very lowest possible scale, very uncreditworthy, to 900 being, you know, exceptionally creditworthy, about the highest you could get. Uh, Now, it's impossible to actually know this exact number. And some people are quite surprised. They say, well, I can go online and I can pay for my credit score. Well, yes, you can, but that's not your real credit score. That's just the credit bureaus basically selling you a number that they create, but each lender individually, so each bank, each credit card company, payday loan or whatever that does a credit report on you or credit check, they're going to calculate their own credit score. And it's a closely guarded secret about how they actually put those numbers together. So what you pay for online of your credit score, it should be indicatively correct, but in no means is it going to be your exact credit score. People are surprised to learn that. Oh, that is interesting. I didn't realize that either. Um, I still have this question. Why do people and consumers care about their credit history or what a credit bureau or bank scores them at? Like, when does that really come into play for someone? And that's a good question, Elena. And a lot of people, I think, care far too much about their credit score at every point in their life when it's really only important at certain points when you need to borrow funds, maybe for a mortgage or for a car loan. But a lot of people are focused on keeping perfect credit and sometimes at the expense of their overall financial health. financial health. But a couple things where it's really important to be aware of your credit history and credit score is you want to spot signs of identity theft. So if you're not checking your credit report at least every year, you might not have any idea that someone's opened a bunch of accounts in your name, they're running up credit. Well, you might not be held accountable for that credit. Uh, If it goes delinquent, it could be when you're ready to buy the car or get the mortgage, suddenly there's all this stuff in your credit report you had no idea about because you've been a victim of identity theft. So you want to make sure, you know, obviously all the accounts on there are yours. Um, And a lot of the time why people want to have a strong credit score is because that's what a lender is going to look at when they're ready to borrow. A lender is going to look at the credit score and the history to decide if they're going to lend you money. And if they do, what rates and terms are they going to extend to you? So someone who has a much higher credit score uh, than than lower uh, is obviously going to get better rates or get more access to credit than someone who's on the lower end of the scale because the creditor is going to think a high credit score means they've been good in the past. They're going to be good in the future and paying back all of the new borrowings. So it is important if you're going to take some action, if you're going to borrow some money, you need to pay attention to what your score is, just so you know what it is going into a negotiation. Does that make sense? 
That's exactly right. So, you know, if you have a goal that in, you know, three years from now, I'm going to have enough money saved uh, for a down payment with a mortgage, well, then make a plan that your credit score should be peaking around that time and start taking some steps now. Uh, if you know you've just, say, graduated school, uh, you know you're 10, 15 years off of getting into the mortgage market, you don't need to pay a whole lot of attention to your credit score. You know, yes, pay your bills on time. That's just, you know, good hygiene to do for, from a financial perspective. Uh, but managing your credit score down to the letter, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, you just really need to be careful you're not chasing a perfect credit score at every stage because your credit score can change dramatically in the matter of just a year or two. Literally, people can come out of bankruptcy proceedings, which is about the worst thing or toughest thing you can do to your credit, getting it essentially down closer to the 300 side. Um, and then within two to three years, they can be getting mortgages approved, credit card offers with no risk premiums, nothing like that, if they've done the right thing. So it takes about two to three years to really change your credit dramatically. But even in a year or so, you can have some significant impacts on a credit score. I know that your website has some good information about uh, credit and how to pay attention to it. And I'm just going to give folks their, the, your website again. It's sands-trustee.com. And it's really just filled with good questions and answers on all aspects of debt, including credit, if it's something you'd like to check out before you take the next step. Um, how, how you use your credit and your personal spending habits make up a bulk of your credit history. We know that. Which has the biggest impact on your credit score? Yeah, there's some really good best practices people should keep in mind. So, you know, first off, uh, the longer you've had an account that's open, the better this is for your score. So you might have heard the advice, okay, if you're applying for credit, go and close some other accounts because it's going to look better if you don't have a whole lot of open credit. That's just completely wrong. Um, any history that you had with those accounts, two or three years, a great payment history, never missing a payment. Once you close that account, that history is gone. So having some old accounts that you continue to use, that can be important. And yes, you can transition to newer accounts, but I'd recommend you don't close the older ones until you've built up some good history with your newer accounts. You, know, you can remove the limits down to something very low on the old accounts, maybe not use them very much, but you do want to keep that history present there. Uh, you know, another best practice is to treat everything as important. So every debt that you have uh, has the ability to either help you on your credit report or to hurt you. And the small bills, something like a cell phone or an Internet plan, you might, you know, neglect that thing. You know, it's the smallest bill. I'm going to pay it every couple of months or so. I don't mind the collection calls. But it's been said that more people get denied for mortgages due to unpaid cell phone bills than for any other factor having to do with credit. So be aware that a cell phone company, they know they're not going to hire a lawyer to chase you but they're going to be very quick to ding your credit if you're habitually missing payments. So make sure that you're treating all of the accounts as important. Uh, the last tip that I would give here is just to watch your balances. So it's very important that you keep your balances on your accounts less than 50%, and sometimes even less than 30% is a good idea. So that means if your credit card limit is 5000 try not to charge more than $2,500 on that in a month, because even if you pay it off, it still shows that you went above your credit, uh, you know, above the 50% target, and maybe your creditor will think, well, there could be a risk. They're using all this credit all the time. Uh, that's better than so sorry, that's worse than somebody who's only using part of their balances on a regular basis. Got it. And again, I just want to mention too, you know, we're, we give you a lot of information in these segments. Uh, check out the website for Sands & Associates. There's so much good information there. It's sands-trustee.com. And if you want to sit down with somebody and hash out your issue, just ask some really good questions in order to figure out your next step. 1-800-661-3030 for that consultation, as well as to find an office near you in British Columbia. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates helping you get out of debt.
We're going to talk about options for consumer debt relief. Really answer the question, what can I do if I need debt relief? You know, often people struggling to pay off debts and even manage monthly payments don't know where to go for help. And we get kind of get inundated with commercials about all kinds of things. But is that the best choice? But the cool thing is that Sands & Associates president and licensed insolvency trustee Blair Manton is going to talk about different strategies and resources that we as consumers have for debt relief. So Blair, can you start by telling us a bit about what a licensed insolvency trustee does and who you actually help? Yes, certainly. So a licensed insolvency trustee is the only, and I'll say that again, the only government regulated and endorsed debt help professional. So there's about a thousand licensed insolvency trustees in Canada, all of them subject to a very rigorous course of study, um, you know, ongoing professional development, regulations, all of those things. But what it means to consumers is if you're having trouble with a debt situation, a licensed insolvency trustee is your best ally, the most qualified person, uh, subject to regulations, the person that's going to give you the straight goods and what are your options, what's enshrined in Canadian law, what can you do on your own. So when you see, when you sit down with a trustee, you get reliable, trustworthy advice um, and you know you're in the right place because we can explore all the options that are in Canadian law to assist you as well as be conversant on other options that are outside of what a trustee can help with but we can still give you advice that's what we're going to talk on a little bit today or what are all these options that are out there that may or may not include working with the trustee uh, what's important for people to realize in terms of who we help is you know we do help people that are in extremely difficult financial situations you know their wages are being taken assets are being seized you know perhaps they're they're really worried about even you know, paying rent next month, but that's not the majority of individuals. For the most part, it's people that have been dealing with a non-extreme debt problem, but that can be equally overwhelming and can often last for years. So what I mean by sometimes a non-extreme debt situation is not immediately that your wages are being taken, but when you look every month, you're not able to pay much more than the required minimum monthly payments on your credit cards. You may think that that's okay, but trust me, after a couple of years of not seeing your debts go down, you'll start to get pretty frustrated on that. Um, oftentimes, we see people that are making payments and then using their credit again which keeps them in a cycle of debt dependence. Uh, sometimes we meet with people that have consolidated their debt, but that consolidation hasn't worked because they've had to incur uh, more debt on their cards they had consolidated, and now they're in a worse situation. Um, in general, trusting your gut makes a whole lot of sense. You know, If you're feeling stressed out, anxious, or overwhelmed by your debt or your financial situation, um, all of these types of factors are things that cause someone to reach out to a licensed insolvency trustee. Um, and the key thing is that very few people reach out at the first sign um, of danger or first sign of discomfort. Quite often, they wait and they suffer for a very long time. But the earlier you reach out for help, the more options, the better you're going to feel, the better that, that meeting is going to be when you do have it with a licensed insolvency trustee. So I encourage people not to wait, even if you think your situation is not that bad, you're paying just minimums each month. That's a huge warning sign if you're just paying minimums that you're really not going to advance yourself financially. Blair's got a great list of, uh, of options for debt relief coming up. But you know what? If you already know that you've been described in the beginning of this segment and you want to take some action and, and do something and, and know that Sands & Associates is your answer, I'm going to give you the website. It's sands-trustee.com and the phone number is 1-800-661-3030. Okay, Blair, so let's talk about the options that are available for folks uh, really looking for some sort of debt relief. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the most popular option that people usually start first with is to try to get a consolidation loan. So what we mean by getting a consolidation loan is when you combine all of your debts into one new loan, so you usually find a bank that's going to pay off all the other people you owe money to, and you're going to pay that new bank just one single payment each month. So what are the advantages? Well, now you've got one single interest rate where you might have had a bunch of debts that you were juggling at various different interest rates, and hopefully that interest rate is much lower. That's the idea of consolidating is you might take a bunch of credit cards that are 19 and 20 or 29 percent or even higher and maybe reduce it down to 12 percent or something along those lines. So consolidation can sound very good as an attractive um, option, but it's not without its challenges. Um, The biggest issue um, is qualifying for a consolidation loan because you can imagine that new bank that you're approaching to pay off all of your other debt, they're going to be wondering, well, if you couldn't pay off that debt that you incurred with the current interest rates, what's to say that the new bank is going to get paid off even at a lower interest rate? So they generally have some pretty stringent criteria to qualify for a consolidation loan that has any sort of reasonable interest or repayment rate. Some people that I've seen, they said, oh yeah, I was able to go to an alternative lender to consolidate and my interest rate is 47%. And that makes no sense if you're consolidating debt at 29%. uh, But sometimes the way that things are pitched to the individual, they didn't see all the charges. It's only when we examine the contract in detail. So make sure that if you do qualify for consolidation, it is at an appropriate rate and a reasonable term. Uh, But what you also need to be care of is sometimes the way the approval is positioned is, okay, you're approved, but there's just one little thing that we need to do. Oh, what's that? Well, we need to get a co-signer on here because we want to make sure that we're protected in case you don't pay. The amount of meetings I've had with individuals who said they never understood the implications of what being a co-signer means. They didn't understand it's not 50-50 liability. It's considered joint and several liability, which means if you've gotten someone to co-sign your consolidation loan and you're unable to pay that consolidation loan, the new bank could approach your co-signer for 100% of the debt, even though it might have been positioned, oh yeah, they're just signing as a co-signer, they're half responsible. No, they're fully responsible. So be very careful if you're being asked to get a co-signer to co-sign the loan, and also be careful if you're being asked to surrender assets. Sometimes um, you're being counseled to cash in RRSPs or something along those lines. Those could be protected assets that could never be touched. So make sure that you've gotten good advice. You can validate anything with a licensed insolvency trustee, but most of the situations that I've seen, people try to get a consolidation loan, um, and often the only way they can be approved is by doing a co-signer, and we generally recommend against it. You're just enlarging your financial problem and putting in another element of often emotional and rock family relationships, which just don't need to be a part of this. Got it. What about the credit counseling plans? Because we often see uh, uh, advertisements for those in all kinds of places. How do they work? And are they a good idea? You know, every option can be good even the right circumstances. The thing to know about credit counselor, uh, credit counseling plans is that in general, the best you'll be able to achieve um, is an elimination of ongoing interest on your debts. So in a lot of cases, that can sound great. Well, you know, I was paying 20% interest now, it's going to get it down to zero. Uh, you know, and that can be good. So if your situation is such that you could pay off all your debt in full, but it's just the interest that is causing you a challenge, well, then a credit counseling plan can be a good alternative um, to consider. 
Um, but there can be some draw- drawbacks as well. Um, so first off, a credit counseling plan isn't free. So even a not-for-profit organization is going to charge fees, and you want to make sure that those fees don't exceed the interest that you're actually saving. So make sure you do the math that you know you do get value for money on the fees. Um, you also need to be aware that because credit counseling is not legally sanctioned, this is just an informal arrangement between you and your creditors facilitated by um, you know a middle person like a credit counselor, um, they've got no ability to deal with a number of very important debts. So the government, for example, for student loans, taxes, serve over payments, or anything like that, they will never deal with a credit counselor. So if you've got a bunch of debts, you know, a significant component of which might be to the government, credit counseling plan might only solve part of your issue and might still leave you in a very tough financial situation. Um, and you need to be aware that there's a severe vacuum um, in terms of regulation of who can call themselves a credit counselor, what are they subject to, what is the dispute resolution, what's your recourse if something goes wrong. Uh, the answer is almost nothing if you're dealing with a credit counselor. There's very little uh, regulation that has any teeth in it, so you do need to be very careful that you're, if you do deal with a credit counselor, it's a reputable, established agency that you can trust. Okay. The last option uh, for folks is the debt settlement agreement, and it sounds um, it, it sounds like it's very uh, I, you know not I don't, I don't want to say special, but kind of very very serious. Uh, but it's something that we've heard about before. There's a couple of them in there, and there's got to be a good advantage to using a debt settlement agreement. I mean, it just sounds like a better option than credit counseling plan or consolidation plan. Yeah, again, depending on the circumstances, definitely three or four years ago, I saw a whole lot more debt settlement than I see these days. And what debt settlement is, um, is where you work with an agent uh, who's going to say, okay, you owe a creditor amount of money. What I want you to do is stop paying them anything. And I want you to start putting money into a savings account that we're going to set up together here. Um, and then what happens is after you've accumulated some money in that savings account, maybe it's been a year or two where you haven't been paying your debts, but you've been saving some money, the debt settlement agent will go to the people that you owe money to and say, okay, you haven't gotten money for about a year. Um, how about we give you some portion of the amount owing? You know, maybe it's 30, 50, 70 cents on the dollar. It definitely depends. Uh, if they're successful, then they facilitate an agreement where you've just paid off a portion of the debt. But what happens, and the people that I see in my office, is quite often people aren't successful with debt settlement. They find it very difficult to save money on an ongoing basis to have that lump sum to offer as a settlement. Um, and oftentimes when the creditors aren't getting paid, they just don't sit there on their hands for a year. They harass you. They threaten you. They often can take legal action. It can be to the point where your wages are being seized and you think you're working with an agent who's doing things on your behalf, but really nothing is happening. Um, And what's even more sometimes frustrating too is generally the fees payable are payable whether they are successful or not. So you may not get anything back from what you paid into the debt supplement. So you've got to be very careful there. Um, so in general, it would be a very specific case where you know, you're either able to save a lump sum or maybe somebody has a lump sum of money available that they will give you to make a one-time offer to pay off your debt for cents on the dollar. But I've seen very few situations where it's a better option than a consumer proposal would be. Got it. See, I thought it was something that sounded, it sounded really good, but yeah, it seems like dealing with a licensed insolvency trustee and getting somebody like you or Sands and Associates to give a hand or to show some direction on what to do, that seems like it's the smartest thing to do. Like you, a licensed insolvency trustee, you have that ability and that power and that strength and the law behind you uh, to take the action that sounds like needs to be done more times than not. 
Yeah, you know, the thing that I, I'm most proud of, Elaine, is that, to me, a consumer proposal has all the benefits of every option that we've talked about. You're consolidating all the debt together. It's simple. It's with one payment. It's the zero interest, and it reduces the debt to the portion you can actually afford to pay, and it's all legally sanctioned and deals with all of your debts at once. So the challenge that we have is sometimes have people, if they sit down with a credit counselor, a credit counselor only makes money if they sell a credit counseling plan, so sometimes they won't even inform you of a consumer proposal or they'll demonize a trustee as someone you'd never want to go and see. So I just encourage everyone to overturn all the stones, sit down with a, a licensed insolvency trustee. We'll explain to you about credit counseling, about consolidation, but also give you the very straight guidance on what a consumer proposal could do for you, or if the situation is such that bankruptcy is the right option, we'll take you through that as well. Our objective is to help you have a financial recovery, whether that includes our solutions or not. We just want the best for each client. That sounds great. A debt help without judgment. It's really that simple, folks, connecting with somebody, an expert from Sands & Associates. So I'm going to give you the phone number again. It's 1-800-661-3030. Go to the website, sands-trustee.com. Book your free confidential consultation and get started with your debt-free plan. You're listening to Dollars and Cents with Blair Manton from Sands & Associates, helping you get out of debt. Let's talk about the best way to consolidate debt. Understanding and comparing the different solutions and the cost for consolidating. Debt consolidation can offer lots of advantages. We talk about them often in our various segments, which all help to pay off your debt. But you need to find the consolidation option that's best for your situation. And that's what Blair's going to do. is going to explain some common options for debt consolidation, their pros, their cons, and the costs involved. So what, how would debt consolidation be a solution to help me better deal with debt, Blair? I mean, is there, is there, is, is there a right answer to that? Well, you know, in general, there's some real advantages to try to consolidate your debt, and there's different ways that you can achieve debt consolidation. We're going to talk today about what people normally think about, you know, typical borrowing options for consolidating, but there's also non-borrowing options that people may not be aware of. But regardless of those options, the advantages to consolidating your debt typically are that you're organizing several different payments into one simple monthly payment. So you're simplifying your life a little bit, less things to keep track of. Um, you're taking the guesswork out of calculating your monthly payment amount. So if you've got a bunch of accounts, you know, you can try to pay the minimums or where do you put more money. If you've just got one consolidated account to deal with all of your debt, it's much more, again, simple. Um, what you can do with certain options for consolidating is cutting the cost of borrowing by reducing or eliminating the interest rate on the consolidated debt. The idea of consolidation is that when you put everything together into a single payment, in total you're paying less interest charges than you would be paying if you continued to pay all the debts separately. Um, and then finally, you can get a really clear schedule. When you consolidate your debt, typically it's for a specified period of time, um, and you're going to pay that down to zero and hopefully move on and be debt-free at that point. Okay. So can you talk about the different types of debt consolidation that that's available in BC? And I love the fact that there's some non-borrowing ones as well. 
Yeah. So in terms of the borrowing options for debt consolidation, you know, there's a couple things to go through. And in terms of non-borrowing options, these are things that we can help with, with Sands and Associates. We're going to talk about each of those things. Uh, In terms of borrowing options, you know, typically this is what most people anticipate when we talk about debt consolidation, is you take out a basic personal loan to pay off multiple balances, and you roll the debt into a new loan with a fixed payment schedule. So you might have had five credit cards at various interest rates. Now you've got a single loan at a lower interest rate, one payment per month or every two weeks or whatever, but it's simplified and it saved you a bit of money. Um, Sometimes people use a line of credit as well to cover debts that you'll repay over time. Now with a line of credit, it's often different that there's not a specified term of when that's going to get paid down to zero. So sometimes, and especially if you're a homeowner, I've definitely seen this where people consolidate their debt, they have a homeowner's line of credit, and then all they do is pay interest on that over time. They don't actually draw down the principal. So if you do take an option for consolidation that that involves borrowing, you want to make sure you've got some end date where you're not going to owe that balance anymore. Uh, Some of the advantages of when you borrow to consolidate is that hopefully you're going to free up some room in your budget because the interest charges are going to be less than what you are otherwise paying. Um, And then again, hopefully you'll have that simplification. But some of the drawbacks to be aware of, and we talk about this uh, quite often, is a consolidation loan sounds great if you can get it. And the vast majority of individuals, unless you've got a major asset that you can pledge as collateral, unless you're willing to bring in a cosigner, which we almost always recommend against, it's not wise to cosign debt. In very, very few situations, doesn't make sense. And I haven't seen many of those. So unless you're willing to pledge an asset or a cosigner, a lot of the times you won't be able to be approved for that consolidation loan. You know, in sometimes you'll be able to be approved, but the interest rate might not be a significant reduction or might be no reduction at all. So just be very careful. The cost of borrowing absolutely matters, um, and it can make a big difference on how long you take the term out for. So if you were doing a loan for three years as opposed to five years, you know, let's give an example. If you were trying to consolidate total debt at 25000 and you had it on really high interest credit cards, you were able to bring it down uh, to 18%. Oh, sorry, if you were at 18% now uh, at $25,000 a debt, your monthly payments would be $630, and to pay off the debt over five years, you would have paid about $13,000 of interest. For most consolidation loans, you'd be aiming for an interest rate maybe in the range of 12%. Well, in those cases, if you paid it off over 60 months, you'd be down to $555 a month, and you would only pay $8,400 of interest. So definitely saving some money. Uh, But if you're able to pay it off in three years, well, your interest charge goes to $4,900. So it makes a big difference if you're able to pay off a consolidation loan early. Uh, But again, the bigger issue that we've seen is most people can't qualify for these types of loans, or often if they do qualify for them, it really takes financial discipline to stop using the credit cards that got you into this situation, because when you consolidate, those credit cards are now back to zero, and it can be really tempting to start to use them. And if you haven't fixed your budget, you can be in a situation where you've got this consolidation loan, and now you've also got these credit balances that are back up to where they were before. I just want to throw in the Sands and Associates uh, website, too, uh, just in case somebody is wanting more information or, or how to reach you as well. So it's sands-trustee.com and the phone number, 1-800-661-3030. And, and it has such good information on the website, too. Uh, and it further explains so many things because it is confusing, right, Blair? I mean, there's a lot of, 
I don't know. I find whenever I get into trouble over something, it's usually because I, I don't understand all the pieces of it. And, and finances and things are so loaded for folks with, um, you know, with baggage and stuff that it's, it can be confusing and hard to get. Oh, absolutely. Anything dealing with finances, it can be emotionally wrought, and especially if you're talking about co-signers and, um, you know, letting people down that you can't pay back, you know, it can be very difficult to actually get some really clear guidance. That's why it's so important you deal with a licensed insolvency trustee. Yeah, so true, so true. So can we talk about the solutions for debt consolidation without borrowing? Yeah, there's a couple of options. I know we're running a little tight on time, but a couple of things. You know, one is you could work with a credit counselor, and the way a credit counselor would work is they'd be able to typically freeze your interest so you wouldn't pay any new charges on your basic credit card debt. They couldn't help with taxes or student loans or anything like that. Um, but actually getting your interest down to zero, well, that can be sometimes all that a person needs. And the way a credit counseling plan is structured is by law, it can't extend any longer than five years. So the, the maximum time you'll be paying off a consolidated amount in a credit counseling plan is five years. But you have to be careful uh, because a credit counseling plan might not be your best option. You have to be aware of all the fees that are being charged. You have to be aware of the credit rating impact as well because even though you're just getting an interest freeze on the debt, your credit rating is actually going to take the same hit than if you had gotten a significant reduction in the debt by working with a licensed insolvency trustee. So I definitely encourage people to explore all of their options, but really be alive to the fees that you might have to pay um, and to the fact that a credit counselor could only save you the interest. They couldn't actually reduce the amount of principal that you owe on the debt. So if you've got a little bit of a solution for folks to try to figure out their their next uh, their their next step on this, uh, I'm thinking about the rule of sixty. is is such a I love I love it when you talk about that. I just think it makes so much sense. Yeah, it's a pretty common sense way of just thinking, you know, well, do I have a debt problem or not? So if you were to take all of your non-mortgage debt, um, you know, your credit cards, lines of credit, student loans, and things like that, add it up into one and then divide it by 60 and see what that tells you. So if it's $24,000 of debt and you divided it by 60 months, well, that's $400. That's the idea. If interest charges were at zero and nothing else was on top of that, could you pay $400 a month for the next five years to clear this debt? A lot of people that do that analysis, they say, well, no, I'm barely affording, you know, to make ends meet. I'm going into debt every month. So that's a good indication that if you couldn't pay off your debt in 60 equal payments, you need the help of a licensed insolvency trustee. The consolidation offer that we can do is called a consumer proposal, um, and it's life-changing. So talking about this $25,000 debt, a consumer proposal, you might repay just 30 cents in the dollar, so somewhere around $7,500. Your monthly payment might be $125 a month, um, over 60 months, that would compare to, you know, 400 to 600, even $800, depending on the term and the interest rates, if you were to do a borrowing consolidation option. So almost always a consumer proposal will be your cheapest and quickest way to consolidate your debt. And how to access that would be sands-trustee.com or give them a phone call at 1-800-661-3030, toll free in British Columbia. You've been listening to Dollars and Cents. See you next time. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.